Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Our prayer is that this show will encourage and equip you in your journey, in your own spiritual walk, in your marriage, and as you fulfill your calling as a parent and as you use homeschooling as a great tool to strengthen all those things. So if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, help us spread the word. We'd love to be able to encourage and equip many more Christian homeschoolers. So invite those you know who could benefit from the content we share here to join us. Today, we're going to be looking specifically at classical education and how it can be integrated into a Christian homeschool approach. Laura James is joining me, and I cannot wait to pick her brain all about this educational strategy that so many families utilize. Today's podcast is sponsored by the award-winning CSB Explorers Bible for Kids. Check out that Bible and all the tools that it has to offer your family at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explore Bible. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explore Bible. It is a great resource to pass on to your kids. All right, so stay tuned. Laura James and I will be right back after a short break to talk all about classical education. Laura, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Thank you, Leslie. I'm so glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to dig into to something that I think a lot of people are intrigued by or interested in, but not quite sure what it is, and that is classical education. So I, I'm glad that you are knowledgeable, and this is something that we can really dive into. But before we do that, would you tell us all just a little bit about yourself and your family so that we can get to know where you're coming from a little bit better? Of course. So I am Laura James. I have been married for 18 years to my high school sweetheart, which is such a blessing. And we have five kiddos, which is crazy to think I have a senior, a junior, an eighth grader, a sixth grader, and a third grader. And we have been homeschooling for 13 years and classically educating our kids for 11 of those 13 years. So it's a huge passion of mine. I'm really excited to share and unpack a little bit about what that looks like. Well, I'm so glad, you know, we were talking beforehand. I think that we, we so casually throw around these insider homeschool terms sometimes, classical, Charlotte Mason, unschooling, all of these things, we just kind of throw them around. And there are so many people that are coming into the movement now that I think a lot of them are like, yeah, that sounds great, but what is it? What, what are these things? So I definitely would love to have you unpack a little bit about what is classical education. You guys have done it for a very long time. So maybe even tell us what was the catalyst that got you guys, you know, a couple of years in to make the shift over to this approach? Yes, I love that question. I totally agree with you. I think that first-time homeschoolers can be so overwhelmed by a lot of the different options. And so I think it's really good to kind of define your terms and also really try to understand like what would work best for your family. And so um, I think for me, when I have conversations with homeschool moms, I think that's a really big pain point and overwhelm is like they just don't know where to start or like what's the best option for their family. So I love giving them the vision of classical education and then letting them go, oh man, that sounds like something that work or oh man, that's something 
I would love to do something different. So I think it's so important. It's kind of funny. God's, you know, just sovereignty and and kindness to our family. We kind of stumbled into classical education. When I first started homeschooling, I had four littles and they were like six and under. And so we, I didn't even think I would homeschool. And then when my oldest, it was time for her to go to kindergarten, she was like still taking naps and still had a blanket and still like wanted to be home. And I was like, I don't think I can wake up every day and make a lunch and get her where she needs to be. Like, I just don't know if I have the capacity for that. So it was like, I'll stay home for one year and just survive and see how it goes. It's kindergarten, right? Can't really mess up kindergarten. And so we actually joined a university model school in our town. And it was a really great place for me to start because it kind of allowed me to have a little bit of structure and accountability and handholding that I needed to just kind of jump in. But after a couple of years of that, we fell in love with homeschooling. And then I kind of, the Lord just showed me very clearly that that wasn't where we needed to be. It was kind of dissolving a little bit. And so it wasn't where our family needed to be. And then it was July, which for my personality, I like to know what I'm doing the next fall in like April. So it was July and I was like, (laughs) I know it's so late. I was like, where are we going to, where, where, what do you have for us? And so I was talking to a friend and she had said, well, we do classical conversations. And I was like, I don't even, I, I have never heard of that. I don't know what that is. And she was like, well, you should call and see if there's any room. Our campus is typically pretty full. And I was like, okay. So I called the director at the time and I was like, I have four kids. I don't, I don't know anything. I've never been to an open house. I've never been to a visit. I don't know anything, but do you have space for us? And she was like, this is so crazy. We never have openings, but a family of, with four kids just called me today and said that they were moving. And so we have space for your family. And I was like, oh Lord, you are so good. Thank you. But it's so funny because it's very unlike my personality. So I went to the first day of CC, like knowing nothing. I didn't, I'd never been to a practicum. I'd never been anything. So the first few years for me for classical education was a lot of like, I have somebody, I was just trying to take it all in and learn and glean and try to understand. I read a really, a couple really great books about it. One was by Lee Bortons who started classical conversations called the core. And when I read that, I, I really resonated with a lot of what she said. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. And so then once we kind of fully jumped in, I am just so passionate about it. And I love that you asked, like, what is it? And so if I was going to define classical education, first of all, like my, my non, you know, philosophical answer would be, to me, classical education is just a very basic way of how the Lord created our brains to learn. And so when I dig into it, and and if you want to define it in a definitely more of a definite definition, it would be, it just allows you to use a tool called the trivium. It's, it's utilizing the tool called the trivium to learn in the three distinct arts of the trivium, which are the grammar, the dialectic and the rhetoric stages. And the cool part about classical education is it's not just for kids kindergarten through 12. It really can be applied into anybody learning anything new. And so if you are going to dive into the three stages very briefly, the grammar stage is basically just the, the basics. It's the nuts and bolts. It's like defining what are you doing, what naming the things that you're doing, defining all the different terms. So I like to, whenever I explain it to people, I like to use photography because I used to be a photographer. And so if you're going to jump into photography to get started, you have to learn your camera. You have to understand like, how do I turn it on? How do I 
take a picture? What do, what do the different buttons do? Like you define all of those terms. And then after that, which is so, it's amazing because when you, when you think of young kids in kindergarten, first, second, third, that is, that is right where they are. They, you know, think about all the times that you're like, you know, putting flashcards up like refrigerator, door, chair, like they just want to know the grammar of their life. Like they don't have the capacity at that point to ask all these questions or to understand. They just want to know what things are. And so it works really well. And then you kind of move into the dialectic phase, which for to use the photography example is more like, okay, now how do I take that information and how do I apply that into taking good pictures? So how do I adjust for different light? How do I you know, get the right focus for the amount of people that are in the picture. Like you start applying some of that knowledge and turn it into understanding. And so I love kids in the dialectic phase. And and you can ask any mom, like, you know, your kids are in their dialectic phase when they start asking why, how, like they start asking all those questions. And while it can be overwhelming sometimes as a parent, like that's their brain trying to understand this knowledge that they have, you know, soaked up the past, you know, eight, nine years of their life. And now they're trying to understand what do I do with that knowledge? How do I apply that to the world around me? And so it's a super fun quizzical age. They're just full of questions. And so it's a really fun learning stage. But the the point of classical education is to get to move through to the rhetoric stage, which as far as photography would go, that would be having the ability to take the knowledge and to take the understanding. And then it kind of turns into wisdom as far as like, then you could teach someone how to be a photographer. I could take all that I've learned and I could show someone else how to do it. And so that's kind of like the goal in classical education is to get to the rhetoric stage where you now can take, you have with, you have understanding and knowledge and how you have wisdom. Now you can impart that and you can see how it works in the whole world, like throughout the world and, and under the context of the way the Lord has created the earth and and all the different subjects. And now you get to kind of teach and share the wisdom that you have. And so it's a really beautiful education. Like I, I have loved getting to redeem my own education. I was public schooled all the way, which is great. And so my parents chose, but to get to see the way that classical education just highlights the way that the Lord has created our brains and then the natural stages of kids' development has just been a really beautiful thing. And especially as now I have a senior, so I'm really getting to see the fruit of all those years of questions and all those years of naming. So now I get to see her, she's forming her own thoughts and she, she has, we have given her the ability to not just what to learn, but how to learn and how to ask the questions she would need to have to learn anything in her life. And so that's really fun because that is going to go a lot farther than, you know, memorizing all the, you know, dates of different things, which are important. But to watch your kids get to the point where now they can, they know how to learn anything is just really exciting. Oh, it is. It is. And I love the way that you noted how it's a basic way of how God created our brains to learn. And you said several times as you were laying it out, just beautifully, by the way, the way that you expressed that was oh, thank you. really, truly one of the best explanations I've ever heard of classical education. So really, really spot on. But you you expressed it in such a way that was so natural, so just it, it just would flow within your your child's 
growth pattern. And I think that so often as we look at education, because we are so accustomed as a society to seeing education as happening within this corporate entity, this brick and mortar look, whereas education and, and, you know, schooling and true education are very, very different. Education, you're, you're igniting learning. You're, you're giving them the tools to, to go forward. And so as a parent, especially a parent who's on the mission to equip their child to succeed indefinitely, to, to look at this and to, to position the education that we're giving their, our children as a very natural outgrowth of the way that they are growing and maturing. I think it's really powerful. And so I appreciate your laying it out like that. And just, I, I would love to hear, you know, you've got the perspective of someone who has been down the road. You've got, you've got, you've gotten to the end of the road with one of them. You're about ready to launch. At what point did you really start to understand that what you were witnessing was truly this natural growth pattern in your children that also was in the way that they were thinking and processing information? Yeah, that's a great question too. I I think what was really cool for me and kind of what I was saying is I was able to redeem my education and kind of walk through those steps, those stages of the trivium myself. And so when I found myself learning to ask good questions, like I was, I was, I did really great in school, but my goal for school when I was in, in high school and junior high was like, retain the information, pass the test, move on. Like I did not have a desire or a fire or passion for learning at all as a child. And so when I saw that my fire and my passion for education and learning myself started to get reignited and I started asking those good questions and I started understanding what a beautiful gift education is. Like I try to remind my kids all the time, like, This is such a gift that you, one, that God has given you the ability to have a brain that can think and process and understand these concepts is such a gift. And two, the fact that we just have been blessed to have the opportunity to homeschool. And and while I don't think right now they can fully grasp like what a gift it is, as my daughter has gotten older and we've had different seasons of her wanting to do different things, and we've always just laid it at the Lord's feet and prayed for wisdom, she has mentioned now as she's, you know, she's stepping out and more into the world and all the things of like, wow, she has these tools that she honestly doesn't even know that she has yet, which right. is going to be so fun to watch her, you know, go to college and and do different things in her life and have these tools. But I just think for me, it was so powerful when I, when I saw myself flow through it, it gave me such like confidence to go, oh my gosh, I can trust the Lord in this because it is a natural way to learn that I can trust that my consistency and learning and adapting and evaluating, like there's no, there's, there's no way you're going to do it perfectly. And so I had to let that go, but just watching the Lord be faithful over in my own life. And then, and, you know, now watching him be so faithful over the 13 years of homeschooling, I just, I wish I knew, I wish I could go back now to myself 13 years ago and just say, just trust him, like trust him. He is good and faithful and he's gonna, you don't have to know every step, but you can just put one foot in front of the other. And I'm just, just really grateful for that. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm uh, one of the reasons that I'm so grateful that we have an outlet like the podcast and other things is we're able to speak to those who are just starting their journey. Absolutely. Yeah. There was nobody. Yeah. No. Yeah. When I started 13 years ago, I knew one, I knew like 
one person in my town and I knew like a far off other person, but there were, there was no resources like there are today that is right. That is just so wonderful. Right, right. It's such a blessing and it's such a help. But yeah, just just encouraging those coming up behind us to trust the process, trust that the Lord is in this. Totally. And just like when you, you know, have a front row seat to watch your child learn to walk and they fall all the time. Yeah. So it's going to be in their in every other endeavor as they're learning stuff. They're going to fall and you're right there to see it. But don't focus on those falls. Kind of back up a little bit and see the grand scope of what God is doing. And it's amazing. It is so incredible how God uses this small offering that we have and he magnifies it and multiplies it so much in the lives of our children. And he is growing them and equipping them in ways that we wouldn't even dare to dream. Absolutely. For sure. And it's such a gift. It really, really is. Yeah, you've got you've got kids who are finishing up. I've heard a lot of people who have questioned the intensity of a classical education. You know, you've got for sure you, that that comes up quite a bit as people are looking like, yeah, I could probably do it when my kids are younger, but man, it gets so intense. You seem to be a very missional person. You seem to have a desire for your kids that is not strictly academic. You're clearly going for their hearts, but based on just several of the things that you've said, how has classical education fit into the dynamic and the mission of your family from, you know, start to finish? Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. The award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. Within its engaging, full-color pages, kids will interact with the people, places, and things of the Bible and God's creation. Fascinating images, illustrations, timelines, and study helps show archaeological evidence, introduce key characters, explain new concepts, and help kids experience the wonder and truth of the Bible. QR codes placed throughout the Bible bring educational videos, discussion questions, and activity pages to life, helping kids apply key truths of the Bible to real-world experiences. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible to get your copy now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible. I love this. So for sure, I think I think a really great place to start, and I think you have to continually do this every year, is you have to decide why you are homeschooling. And you have to decide what your definition of success is, um, what your definition of success is in homeschooling. So for us, it has never been about like being the smartest person or having the most you know, highest SAT scores. For us, it has always been, how can we use these tools of math and science and history? One, to learn more about God and give him so much glory, because the more you learn, the more you realize just how amazing he is. And two, what is he, what is part of this is cultivating the character qualities and the perseverance and the diligence of what he has for our kids in their lives and how he's going to use them far beyond their education. And so, for us, it's always been an eternal mindset and then kind of working backwards from there and seeing that there is so many opportunities. I, I always kind of joke when I meet someone who's just starting out, I'm like, man, 
just so you know, this is going to be the most sanctifying thing that you do. Like your, your ugliness and your sin is going to be put on display every single day. You are going to have plenty of opportunities to seek forgiveness and to seek restoration with your family because it just can bring out some of that. But I also say what a gift that the Lord would choose homeschooling your kids as the vehicle to get to do that. Like, how cool is that? There's a lot of ways he could sanctify my heart. And I'm really grateful that he chose this one. And so that's always fun. I also think, I think just if you apply the classical model to your walk with the Lord, I think it makes a lot of sense to me as well. Like you have to know it's, it's basically the three, it's the trivium too, right? Like to know God, you have to know him. You have to, you have to read his word. You have to be able to understand who he is. And then in that grammar and dialectic phase and get to, you know, get to the point where you're asking him those questions, like, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Help me to understand. And it's kind of, again, walking through that, you know, like, knowledge and understanding. And then the most beautiful part for me and what I tell my kids, it's like the rhetoric part for your faith is being able to persuade for good, to share the gospel. Like what else, if we can, I mean, I've always said like, if we can form sentences in our brains that allow and share the gospel to others, then then my education, y'all's education has been a success because that's our end goal to spread the gospel. And if, Absolutely. If, if you look back into history and it's the people that, you know, I mean, good or bad, right? Like look at different people throughout history have who have risen up and the Lord has used to share the gospel. They spoke really well and really clearly and they could form beautiful sentences. And also, you know, you could also persuade for bad if also like, words matter. People follow people who can understand and speak clearly. And so I've always told my kids, you know, at the end of the day, I want God to grab your heart and to use him in whatever way he has for you. And this education is only going to help that. And it's going to set you up to be in opportunities where you can excel at your job or excel in whatever ministry opportunity you're in. So once I kind of let go of some of like, I can tend to be a perfectionist in different areas. And I'm like, you know, a hundred or nothing. And once the Lord really worked in my heart to say, you know, that's just your own pride. I really was able to sit in and just watch the classical model, prepare them for all kinds of things. Yes. It's such a good point. And I love the way that you tied it into how God was growing you because you are absolutely dead on. Homeschooling is one of the most sanctifying things that you will ever do. You recognize your deficiencies. You recognize your need. It it pushes you to your knees and into God's word if you're wise. You know, when you start trying to fill the gaps that you see in yourself with things that are lesser than, you know, seeking God's face and allowing him to direct you, that's where you usher in an awful lot of friction, a lot of chaos. For sure. You're just a lot of noise. And yet when, when you're able to to recognize that this is just showing your deep need of Jesus, you're able to see his deep care and love for you and guidance for your family. And it is such an incredible growth experience that it also ties you together missionally as a family in a way that yes. I really don't believe that any other any other family strategy can because with homeschooling, you're able to spend and do so much more life together than if you're sending your kids off for eight hours a day and plus, you know, plus practices and music lessons and all these other things. So it really, it's so impactful spiritually as well as 
mentally, emotionally, academically. It's just across the board. There are so many good outcomes that come from this. So I really appreciate your talking about how it has, it's really grown you individually as well. And I kind of want to launch off of that in the few minutes that we have left to talk about how do you take what God has taught you and then put it back into play. How are you getting involved in encouraging others? How are you, you know, working with homeschool moms? You're you're very polished in the way that you're sharing this. So my guess is that this is not the first time that you've shared a lot of these thoughts. So how are you using this for the good of others? Yeah, the Lord, even, you know, being on podcasts like this, I- I've learned that this is just, this lights me up in a way And it's fun to see kind of the Lord develop that. I am a director at our Classical Conversations campus. So I get to pour into like 33 families there, which is just such a joy and cultivate, you know, community and just, you know, encourage and and help and quit moms there. I'm also on Instagram. I, you know, I've spent a lot of years on Instagram and, you know, tried to figure out what is my purpose here. And I think I really have just landed on I love encouraging other moms to keep going. I know in my own journey, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, man, okay, this is a long road. This is a hard, it's not, there's no easy choice, but it's definitely not an easy choice. And so getting to have those conversations on Instagram with moms who are like, I want to give up, or I don't think I can do this and really just encourage them to trust the Lord. And if this is what he's calling that all he asks for you to just put one foot in front of the other, that has become such a, I I didn't, I, you know, the Lord always surprises you. I didn't know that that would be where I am, but just getting to do that has been such a blessing. And it it's kind of like fuels a passion in me that I didn't know was there. And so it's been really fun to watch that unfold. Well, that is awesome. It's just been encouraging. It's been exciting to, to talk to you today. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to spend with us. You know, is there anything before we leave that you would like to make sure that you share with the the listeners who are tuning in, any kind of parting words or, or ways to connect or anything like that that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think if I could, you know, sit down with each homeschooling mom and just tell them one thing, especially as they're starting out or if they're new, I would just say, trust yourself, like trust yourself. Like God is so faithful to give us wisdom. He asks us to seek out wisdom and that he will give it to us freely. And so to just lay, I have learned in my life, if I if I look too far ahead, I get overwhelmed. But if I can just lay today at his feet and go, Lord, this is where you've called me today. Show me how to do this well and honor you today. Then it just takes off a lot of the pressure. It's a lot. Like it is a lot to homeschool and, you know, be at home and be the mom and the janitor and the teacher and the principal. And it's a lot of hats and it can, it can feel like a lot, but I just have to, I just have to trust him for today and trust yourself. Like there's a lot of decisions to be made. You have to pick a curriculum and start a thing. But if you just trust yourself to, to make one step forward and the great thing that I love that homeschooling allowed our family is that there's always room to evaluate and pivot. And that is not failure. That is actually, that is understanding and wisdom. That's moving into those different levels of, you know, the different parts of the trivium. It's like, of course, why would we think that we are going to get it right the first time every time? Like I have learned, use those opportunities to grow and not shame yourself, but just learn that, okay, that didn't work for this season. And so just learning to trust yourself and giving yourself like just 
that like little pep talk, like it's going to be okay. Like you don't have to have all the answers. Nobody does. None of us do. And so each kid is different. And so just trust yourself for each kid and trust yourself for today. I think it would allow us to all just kind of calm down and, and just not put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that trust that allowing God to work through you and, and trusting that he is gives us great opportunity to, to model for our children what walking in faith actually looks like. Absolutely. And for sure. You can't overstate the value of that. Uh, we talk all the time about how you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Our kids are looking at us. Mm-hmm. They are looking to see how we deal with absolutely the challenges or the fears or yeah. the stress points or the catastrophes or whatever. And we are given an incredibly unique privilege of modeling Christ-like behavior and thinking for them. And we should just stand in awe of that fact. Absolutely. Yes. And just so many opportunities to, you know, mess up and 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 ask for their forgiveness. Like that's what I, yeah. I say all the time. Like what if I can model one thing to them that, you know, wasn't always modeled to me is like when mom messes up, she is quick to ask for forgiveness. Like what Absolutely. Is, that's, just, that's the gospel. That's what I'm that's the whole purpose. And so that's it's just so fun and challenging and hard. It's all the adjectives, but from someone who is ending or beginning, you know, ending one kid, I would not give I would not give up a second of the time I've gotten to have with her. Not one second. Absolutely. I second, third, and fourth that. <laughs> We've had three graduate already. And oh, wow. Okay. Just absolutely precious times. And I can tell you as having three that have flown, those relationships stand. Those oh, those conversations exciting. They still go on. You know, my, my, I have a son that got married this July. He calls me every day on his way home from work to Jeff. He's so used to still telling me about his day that he still does. That's amazing. You know, in his case, his wife is still at work, so we can't disturb her yet. (laughs) If she changes, you know, if I still get that first call, but I am treasuring it for right now for sure. But it just shows that all this work that you're doing, laying the foundation for their faith, but also for good relationships with you, giving them the tools to follow God through whatever door he has for them, it is so worthwhile and it pays off dividends for many, many, many years to come. And there's great hope in that. That's so encouraging. Yeah. Laura, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you. You are welcome. To everyone else, thank you guys for hanging with us too. I... um. I know I was encouraged as I listened to Laura share her heart and the way that she just expressed the natural outflow of this educational strategy with just kind of going along with the natural growth and and way that your child is developing. It was it was really good to see it positioned that way and to learn how that can fit into the mission of your family if that's the way that the Lord is leading you. So I am sure that you've been encouraged. There's a lot to take away from this podcast. So I am glad that you tuned in with us. If you enjoyed us, would you just go in and leave us a comment or a a review or a a, a response, a rating on Apple Podcasts? That really allows us to reach more people. So if you would take just a second to do that, I would be so very grateful. Our goal is to reach as many homeschooling families as we can because we're able to encourage and open their eyes to new ideas that maybe they haven't seen before. So uh, take the time to help us in that if you will. I hope that you have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.
Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. 